for a podcast about good riddance. My name is Josh Lindy. I go by he, him. Every week, me and my friend, Dan Forcier, also a he, him, uh, take a Treehouse of Horror approach to the songs of Santa Cruz hardcore punk band Good Riddance. Um, this week, we're talking about Free Sex from the Santa Cruz hardcore tape. We're talking about Washed Away from Peace in Our Time. And we're talking about West End Memorial. Dan, give everyone the deal on the socials, and then we'll get into how your recovery is progressing. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, in terms of socials, we pretty much just live on the Instagram, uh, Last Believer Pod. So give us a follow, slide into those DMs, um, send us stupid stuff to talk about. We love it. It's good. It's fun. If you do want to get in contact with us, you know, via email, if you have a little bit more of a structured uh constructive criticism if you will uh last believer pod at gmail.com perfect dan in yeah. the week that you've been recovering have you had time to update the playlists that we have yes. on both spotify and apple music oh definitely on spotify <laughs> <laughs> spotify is 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 fully up to date apple music uh-huh. i'm cur- currently working on it while i'm working yeah sure Sure. Uh, so yeah, we do have playlists online as well. If you're looking for a, a little background on what you're hearing these two bozos talk about every week. Uh, Dan, how is recovery? I'm look last week I did the podcast alone. It was awkward. Uh, I mean, I no, I shouldn't say alone. Got in touch with my old friend Roland. Sure. It was cool, but, um, I feel like at this point uh, you're like like we're captain and co-pilot and at different points throughout each episode we sort of switch roles um, sure roland was not trained to be co-pilot <laughs> which is like no slight no slight on roland cameron he no. was a great guest i hope everyone enjoyed the stories that roland had about being around santa cruz being on tour with sean and just punishing him mercilessly <laughs> yeah, like, yeah i hope i hope that people enjoyed all that but no, Dan, that I, <laughs> if the listeners didn't, I definitely missed you last week. Well, that's very nice. I, uh, I did listen to the episode, of course. I thought it sounded great. There was great. a lot Perfect. less of my uh, nonsense <laughs> being tossed in there. Uh, but in terms of my recovery, uh, it does make it sound like I went to rehab. I, I did not. Um, I, I have not been, uh, been drinking, but I have not in uh, recovery e- yet. But Not you're that refer- kind of no, no, yeah. you're referring to um, uh, my <laughs> my uh, fragile back with that dump of snow that got hurt, um, and then while I was sore and getting back to my apartment because there are uh, I don't know it's probably what like ten steps maybe eight, ten steps yeah eight, you know it's an it's eight, not, eight eight or ten not- set. It's not like a two or three step situation. No, no. But uh, being fully covered with snow, um, I didn't fully see where uh, the right step would be. And I was going down the steps to shovel it out. And uh, yeah, I ate shit. (laughs) I fell down and uh, threw my back out. And um, I have kind of like a glass plate that is like, it's not really a window. It's frosted at my door. And I was like, just bracing myself trying not to go through the glass plate of the door so uh yeah i spent a lot of last week uh horizontal 
watching a whole lot of Entourage. Oh, it's 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 so easily digestible. You just put it on I, and zone out. I would <laughs> say I would say Entourage sounds like the most painful part of the whole thing, <laughs> except for the Beverly D'Angelo scenes. Beverly D'Angelo, we we all love Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo wants to be on the podcast. She can come on anytime she wants. <laughs> that would be pretty sick. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo. S- since I did miss last week, as probably yes. everyone is aware, especially at this point listening, uh, I'll just give a very quick Cole's, note, Cole, uh, Cole's notes in case anyone cares about the songs I missed. Yes. No Greater Fight, banger. Yeah. <laughs> Year yeah, of banger. the Rat. 100% banger. Dope song, very painted black. Not mad about that. Like just that kind but pre, of but pre painted black. Well, pre that version of painted black that it sounds like, I think. I think it's pre painted. No, painted black didn't form until 2003, 2004. That song's from 2001. That's a pre painted black situation. Oh, no, I gotta look that up. Okay. Well, anyways, now, you know, and United all, now, you're just you're just projecting your wagon version of the universe. Listen, I have been popping all kinds of pain pills uh i'm a little loopy united cigar no oldie but a goodie total fucking classic the chat with roland was awesome really bummed that i wasn't able to make it um yeah it's it sounded like a little shy at first being like oh okay cool <laughs> and then getting into it and the stories were really fun like getting like the first-hand accounts of going down to santa cruz and then touring with the real mckenzie's and you know punishing sean like you said it was pretty fun yeah, like a legit dude who was just so excited about music that he was like, well, this is where I got to be. And he did it. And then somehow 15 years later, he and I ended up hanging out and being friends. It's bizarre. But uh, awesome. yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed last week's episode. Should we get into this week's episode? Absolutely. All right. Song number one is Free Sex with the question mark lineup. We know that Russ and Luke are involved. And other than that, it's Maybe it's Rich McDermott. Maybe, I don't know. Who else is involved in this? Anyway, Free Sex is uh, a song on Santa Cruz Hardcore <laughs> demo. Yeah. Dan, I can't wait to hear what you think of this. Well, first and foremost, you I fact-checked it, and 2002 is when Paint of Black started, so you were right. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Oh, but it's more of like the later... Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's still before the era of Paint of Black, I was, it reminded me of. But I digress, because we're talking about free sex. We're talking about free sex by Good Riddance from the Santa Cruz Hardcore Tape. Oh, um, fuck. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to give this one too much time if I'm being brutally honest. 100% um, fair, sir. This kind of comes way out of left field for the band. It's like, I, it almost kind of like glorifies rape culture, but in my heart of hearts, it's more of like a tongue-in-cheek telling of it, kind of like a six-pack or TV party, which I use both yeah. of those because it does sound or, like, yeah. Or even or even like uh, another song from this demo that was called Homeless, where you you may recall that like, yeah, the song ripped, but uh, my, you know, the bone about it was that there is some guy that doesn't get it in that hall show yelling like, yeah, Homeless, fuck yeah, 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 yeah. It was, and, and honestly, uh, the, yeah. The same sort of thing with with free sex right and listening to the song too i was totally picturing it 
in that exact scenario because it's like I, I gave it one listen and also if I'm being honest if I was listening to this when it came out and kind of under the guise of it being like the tip of the hat over to Black Flag for sure I probably would have been into it maybe ironically I don't know but there's the people who are going to listen to it and love it and sing along to it just like the aforementioned <laughs> Black Flag songs that know that it's you know tongue-in-cheek and then, like you just said, too, there's going to be the people who don't get the joke. It's you true. know what I mean? Do not and yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I don't know, man. It's I really don't have a lot to say. <laughs> I wanted to give this one too much time. I'm just going to say it's another thumbs down from your old pal D-Force on this one. Like I, yeah. I gave it one listen and like and scene. So, Dan, yeah. do you remember like. 15 months ago when you and <laughs> no. I went and got coffee, we went and got coffee from Larry's Folly. And then oh, yes. we sat socially distanced on a heated patio at La Phoenix in Parkdale here in Toronto. And we talked about doing this podcast and like, you know, what's it going to be like as a project? And do you remember the Patriarch episode, which was also the Me from Adam episode? Mm-hmm. And remember how on that episode, I said that there were four good written songs that I was not looking forward to covering. Just like when we were sitting on that patio at La Phoenix, heated, socially distanced, drinking coffee. I said there were four songs I was not looking forward to covering on the podcast. Yes, actually, I, I do recall that. I like to joke and say 15 months ago. I don't remember what happened 15 minutes ago. But no, I clearly do remember that because I've been wanting them to all get through. Well, this is the third of those four songs. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Free Sex, just like any other song we've talked about that I didn't want to talk about, was written by Russ, who obviously, like, knowing what we know, he obviously meant well at the time. Sure. We also know that when you're 20 and you're super idealistic, but also punk as fuck and don't really care about the language you use to express these ideas you know 30 years later looking back on it it's sort of something that might not you know hold up or translate Mm -hmm. uh free sex does not hold up or translate no 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 uh i think it's fair to say that all of us you know myself included have grown and adjusted our ideas around language around sexual assault you know, 20 years ago, you watch Will Ferrell movies, they're making rape jokes. It happens or used to happen. Mm-hmm. And at this point, ideally, it doesn't happen anymore. I feel safe saying that Russ and Luke and the rest of the dudes that were in the band at this point in their life have, if not matured past what they thought or felt in 1990, they definitely would phrase it more thoughtfully at this point. Anyone listening, I mean, we probably could have started with this heavy trigger warnings on the lyrics to this song oh yeah maybe uh, we want to maybe, maybe we want to just slide in an edit at the beginning to yeah, just be like hey yeah. yeah maybe maybe there's yeah maybe trigger warnings on uh free sex by goodreads musically this song is in line with the rest of the santa cruz hardcore tape you know it's uh definitely leaning on the metal influences you know, mm-hmm. the solo wails as much as anything else on the Santa Cruz hardcore tape. And there's some double kick at the end, which, you know, would be enough for me seeing the band at this time to make me love the song. That said, 
free sex from the Santa Cruz Hardcore Tape. Super, super hard to listen to. Yeah. Song two, Washed Away. Um, about halfway through, Peace in Our Time. This is Russ, Luke, Sean, Chuck. Chuck, who is recovering well, by the way. He seems to be well. The Instagram stories say so. Uh, anyone that listened last week, maybe I was padding out the episode with some Instagram stories that Chuck had posted. Anyhow, uh, this is from Peace in Our Time. Dan, how did you feel about Washed Away? Well, first of all, I feel like it's been so long since I've recorded with you due to my uh, spill, if you will, that, uh, yeah, you and I haven't really talked about that, the whole Chuck thing. So I am very glad to hear that uh, he is uh, recuperating very well. And hopefully everyone who could donated and everything's going to be good. And then we'll get to see them live soon. So soon, soon, soon dish. It is a pandemic after all. But anyways there's there's all that plus there's the whole like knee and ankle surgery at the same time anyway we don't want to put like weirdness out there just like chuck seems in good spirits hopefully he's wishing a speedy recovery that washed away so especially juxtaposed against free sex that we just talked about this song is an A plus jam. <laughs> this yeah. is this is a yeah, this is an A plus jam. Uh, quick little shout out to friends of the pod choices made since the second line in the song is uh, what is it here? Measure out all of the choices made. Shout mm-hmm. out, buds. There you go. You got not only did you uh, have a song title that uh, you named your band after, but uh, you slipped into lyrics too. There you go. Used again. So yeah <laughs> 12 or 15 years later you know they okay. did it again um not sure if it's just me mm. but this is like not good riddance right like it is but i mean it's okay hold on it's it's so poppy like it's less of the hardcore punk slash sounds like skateboarding that were more well, yeah th- especially on this record yeah right right and it's definitely more along the lines especially like you know the drumming and all that stuff it's more along the lines of like you're you're mass intruders and you're off with their heads the copyrights teenage bottle rocket like less ramones Corey as some of those bands right but just like the kind of like tempo heavy on the melody um heavy on you know like if russ had yet another band that sounded like this with like that was like hook driven and earnest pop punk i would be all over it Hell yeah. yeah but yeah, I, yeah. it feels like it doesn't fit under the guise of good riddance. Right. But the song is cool. I really like it. Lyrically, it's not, you know, nothing. I don't want to say it's nothing to write home about, but it's nothing kind of out of what we've talked to many times. Yeah. Um, about the lyrical content and like the earnestness. And I would love it if Rose had a band that sounded like this, that was like a full LP of stuff like this. I just yeah it's I don't know it's it's a weird thing because I kind of 
liked the most recent Blink-182 record, but I liked it as a pop record, not as a Blink-182 record. But when you have that kind of built-in name and brand recognition, why start from scratch when you can just, hey, this is a good song regardless. Let's just slide it in the project. I don't know. I don't want to speak on their behalf or anything like that, but yeah, it's a a really good one. And especially compared to what we just listened to or talked about, I should say, it's uh, yeah. This is a big jam, but yeah, I, you know, read over the lyrics like 20 times and I was like, yeah, there's nothing really much to talk about that we haven't said too much before and uh, highly recommend this one. Two thumbs up versus no thumbs up. Well, Dan, ownership is weird, right? Like we, like, like accountability or like in gen- no ownership in general, owning okay. of physical things. Yeah. Like we're all just you know, coagulations of energy trapped inside meat suits here in this existence. And like, we're convinced, we have convinced ourselves that buying things and owning stuff will positively benefit us, even though we will only inhabit these meat suits temporarily. Mm -hmm. And even though we all know this, there are people who just can't get enough. Their desire to buy things and own stuff gets in the way of their humanity. And we only have so much time in our meat suits. And we waste it chasing after things instead of, you know, following the direct route to feelings. And that's what I get from the lyrics of Washed Away. Yeah, and when you say it that way, it reminds me very much of a movie I watched last night on Tubi called Vampire Hookers. I'm not even joking. I thought it would be funny. This is a movie from the 70s, but there is like a part in the movie that kind of insinuates that. They're like, ah, it's just the meat suit, you know, just along those same lines of it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, It it was like that same kind of thing of being like, it doesn't matter where your stuff is like you're going to continue on past this physical form and it's like yeah 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 and energy continue energy is endless and we can't stop living in it we're so concerned with crowding it with things anyway (laughs) that said i've been drinking topo chico if anyone wants to sponsor us topo chico is dope as hell no just kidding (laughs) look dan man as a bartender yeah, and like a dork bartender for the last 10 to 15 years, Topo Chico is a whole other thing. Like for a minute, I was looking at buying pallets of it at a time. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the bar that I worked at at the time. Maybe so I can just have it at my house. And I don't know what the recipe is for Topo Chico. I don't know if there's more or less sodium or whatever. But man, Topo Chico. Topo Chico wants to sponsor the last like nine episodes of the show <laughs> yeah yeah i'm drinking the one with the anyways doesn't matter loving it hey man be- yeah. better late than never you know um anyway the line about <laughs> how we consume ourselves to sleep especially in the last two years of people having nothing better to do than like sit at home and shop online mm-hmm. this one this one hits hard uh musically this might be, like you were saying, the catchiest and bounciest song on Peace in Our Time. You know, it's not like Good Riddance have no other songs that are played at this like tempo or are this melodic, but Washed Away really stands out, especially on Peace in Our Time. 
other than grace and virtue and uh the closer on the album glory glory um you know the entire album is super aggressive so when i was doing my prep for the episode i started really thinking about how cool it is that good riddance as a band does this where they can adapt to so many different styles of punk and I mean, we've talked about this before, the micro genres, obviously. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And for the second week in a row, Dan, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you put this one together. We're finishing off an album. Oh, I didn't realize this was the last one. Yeah, this is the last week to talk about how Good Riddance could have come back in 2015 with a new record that was half-assed or was obviously like chasing after money, but instead... They took the opportunity to let fly everything that could possibly turn people's heads during that time that they were like off for nine years between albums, you know, off is in hard quotations there. Um, You know, and it had been like three years they'd been playing shows and uh, they decided to put out an album, decided to write a bunch of new songs so, Dan, my big question to you, and I would yeah. have asked you this last week, too. <laughs> when are you going to sit down and go all the way through, not just Peace in Our Time, but also Symptoms of a Leveling Spirit? When are you going to sit down and, like, not be doing work, not be fucking around on your phone? When are you going to go for a walk? When, I suppose, when you can walk properly again. But, like, <laughs> but just, like, take a half hour. And like put in your headphones, be like front to back, track one to track 14 or whatever. Go through the record. Have have you thought about this? Because man, I've been thinking about it. Well, now I'm thinking about it, and now I feel like I have homework to do. <laughs> what what's part of your recovery here? When how much headphone time do you have when you have fallen down a flight of stairs? narrowly avoided smashing through the glass front of your door <laughs> when, are you, when are you going for a walk again well it's not even that i mean i literally could just put it on with my usb speaker while i'm working and take it in but i know what you mean though like maybe taking a walk where it's like it's my full attention um focus on it right really i should be walking more because stretching it out should make it feel better but uh ideally yeah Okay, well, see, so, you know, all right, I'm gonna have to listen to the full record and report back. That that'll be More like homework. a new, a new, um, a new, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Segment at the end of the shows. Dan talks about a full record. Well, not yeah. talks about a full record. I'm not gonna go in for like half an hour, but I can be like, okay. I mean, Dan, honestly, we're like 54 episodes in. You can go in for a half hour. If that's how, <laughs> if that's how it comes out, then that's how it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that sounds kind of fun, actually. Just to uh, listen to it, pin some some thoughts down of listening to it as uh, as one piece of art versus just picking picking at it and tossing it into a treehouse of horror esque salad. Bits and pieces. Mm, bits and bites. Out of me. And now the cross we bear is nothing less. Bandit. 
Song yeah. 3. <laughs> song 3 yeah. is West End Memorial. West End Memorial is the ninth song in on Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion. This is Luke, Sean, Russ, Chuck. This is the almost. We have two more songs after this one from Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion. Obviously, Ryan Green. There is some production, capital P, on this song. Dan, how did you feel about West End Memorial? Before I dive into it, I did miss asking you a question about yeah. <laughs> the previous song. So we'll have yeah. a little bleed over here. Yeah, yeah. In the song, near the ending, uh, uh, the selfishness and dissipation has made a non-believer out of me but i thought he will be the last believer who is the last believer then well it's got to be luke he wrote the music for the song okay that's a pretty quick that answer. was a very definite answer for a very <laughs> yeah, yeah. question <laughs> yeah uh west end memorial west end okay. memorial track nine compresses uh, to modern rebellion I don't remember hearing this song when I was lent the copy of this album. Yeah. Um, this so this was like brand new ish, I suppose, to me. Um, right away, we're hit with like that slow '90s hardcore vibe, and I'm like, okay, it'll pick up. No, no, it doesn't. And then it continues vocally, kind of in the '90s vibe, but like less screaming but hella distorted too mm -hmm. so it's just like sludgy and a lot of the times when we look at good riddance lyrics we see way too many words fit into such a short song this is the exact opposite of that there yeah. <laughs> so but yeah but it really threw me for a loop and i'm like what the fuck is going on this week we have three songs from the same band that are so fucking different all three of to a, them wildly, to a casual, wildly different. To a casual fan, you could get away with telling them it was three different bands. Shit, you could probably have convinced me it was three different bands. And like, we've been doing this for over a year. Well, it was just, time out, quick time out, quick time out. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine last week, I do the episode by myself-ish. And I just pick three random things and I send them to you. And I'm like, yeah, these are the three songs we're doing next week. But they're like a weird demo from a friend of mine from 1998 and then like an actual good written song. And then uh, this other like bizarre band, neither of us have ever heard of, but I found and just sent it to you, but you would still be stuck doing this episode of the podcast. <laughs> it, well, okay. So uh, one hilarious Two, I kind of got the idea that, now after this is done that could be a fun thing where it's like all right josh i got these three songs and there is a link between them figure it out if What's you want the thing yeah 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 anyway oh that's kind of fun anyways uh yeah <laughs> so when i was saying about the lyrics earlier it's almost like we just kind of have a poem that was written that was based up on how fucked up war is and then it was put over this like droney 90s hardcore music all right mm -hmm. got it boom poem is heavy I encourage everyone to read it if they want. If you haven't heard the song, just go read the lyrics. Don't even waste your time. It's just such a, yeah. it's, it's such a like 
it sticks out like a sore thumb on this record. It doesn't sound uh-huh. like anything else on this record. And I mean that in a bad way. It's, um, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bit, it's just, I, it's just, I like 90s hardcore a lot. I like this Good Riddance record a lot. This song just doesn't fit to me. I yeah. mean, lyrically, you know, thematically. Yes. I should say. Yes. It, it totally yes. fits. 100% totally. it fits. Totally. It's just, yeah. it's just such a weird song <laughs> to be a good written song i don't want to be negative today i swear i did not want to be <laughs> i did not want to be negative today <laughs> honest so uh this is just not in my wheelhouse at all it just does not fit in the wheelhouse <laughs> I totally can't. fair. Totally yeah, i fair. can't do it yeah yeah was this the fourth song you didn't want to talk about <laughs> hey dan i'm gonna answer your question with a question Hey, Dan. Remember like 15 months ago when we would grab a coffee from Larry's Folly and then go sit on (laughs) the uh, patio of my former place of work, La Phoenix, in Parkdale, in Toronto, and then uh, talk about doing this podcast? And uh, when we were having these talks, I knew at the time that there were four songs in the entire Good Riddance catalog (laughs) that I was not looking forward to covering on this podcast. Mm-hmm. remember that uh, like i mentioned this in the me from adam episode which was also the pariah episode mm-hmm. well dan west end memorial track nine on comprehensive guide is the last of the four songs Fucking i was definitely right. <laughs> not looking forward to uh which means every episode of last believer podcast a podcast about good riddance that we have left will be composed entirely of bangers hard <laughs> g um and that's that's good news right yeah i'm down i'm down like that, like that that's good news um before i talk too much about the song west end memorial dan i have a question for you yes sir more than me you definitely have like a higher tolerance for middle of the road 90s rock bands mm, that's fair, example right? example filter okay yeah sure yeah how do you feel i just wasn't sure I, filter no they're fine they're good hey man nice shot big, big because team. you know yeah like filter's first album the one with hey man nice shot is you know fine keep in mind that filter was you know the terminator brother the terminator's brother's band after leaving nine inch nails do you know this i did not know that no yeah, yeah, the T-1000, the guy who melts down in the liquid metal in Terminator 2, Judgment Day, the greatest action movie of all time-ish. His little brother is actually, uh, oh, I can't remember his first name now, but he's the main guy in Filter. And he was the second banana in Nine Inch Nails. No way. You don't know any of this. No, this is all brand new. I'm blanking oh, man. on his. I'm about I'm going to blow your goddamn mind. It was Robert, Robert Patrick. Patrick. That's it. Yes. I was trying to remember but what then, his name was. But then what's the Terminator's name or what's the little brother's name? One of them. What, Edward their, Furlong? Their last names are Patrick, which is like your first name as a last name. Come on, man. Uh, anyway, <laughs> also, Filter has some shared members with more than just Nine Inch Nails who like and we all know Nine Inch Nails got huge and I hate the fans more than the band, all that shit. Sure. But like 
Nine Inch Nails are a good fucking band, and Trent Reznor is a bizarro genius. But like, Nine Inch Nails, I don't care, but I understand they're great. That kind of thing, right? Okay. How do you feel? How do you feel about Nine Inch Nails, Dan? I don't care. Like they're fine, yeah. but I don't care. But you understand? You understand that they are like, oh, I see why this is important. Oh, absolutely. And I know <clears throat> Trent's like um, scoring and stuff in movies is also really. Oh my God, he's amazing. really awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, like for, sure. for me, I never really dug into Nine Inch Nails because uh, no. kind of similar to what you were saying too. The the people who uh, liked Nine Inch Nails when I was growing up are not people that I necessarily associated with. So. No, but then as a 40-year-old, you listen to the downward spiraler and you're like, oh, I probably could have gotten into this when I was 15 and I would have been kind of a smarter person. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) uh, Filter and Nine Inch Nails share more than just one member, right? Like Nine Inch Nails, when they first started, Nine Inch Nails was fucking bonkers. Like you can find video of them on YouTube where they're like covered in blood and mud and sweat and just fucking ruining each other's lives while playing the songs from pretty hate machine and i feel like that's part of the reason that the dude robert patrick i don't know one of the patrick brothers left richard Nails. Richard, richard richard patrick. patrick perfect thank you um so i feel like that's why he would have left nine inch nails because like yeah man i love playing aggressive music i just don't want to get the shit beat out of me every night anyway other than nine inch nails filter has shared members with a lot of bands one I of the dudes that. from yeah one of the dudes from he is legend played in filter uh, uh yeah there's uh one maybe two dudes from kill hannah also played in filter one of the dudes from zach wilde's black label society played in filter josh freeze yeah obviously from every fucking band from every mostly, band ever yeah mostly the vandals maybe avril lavigne maybe weezer also played in filter he, I didn't know that he did stuff with Avril. That's fun. I mean, uh, maybe just like a studio recording situation. Sure, sure. I don't sure. think he toured with her, but uh, one of those. And yeah, he did like the, the most... offspring, everything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the most surprising thing to me, the the crossover, the Venn diagram that blows my mind the most, but also the more I think about it, the least, is that apparently when in. <laughs> Before Filter first got together, (laughs) someone from the original lineup of Integrity left Integrity to go play with Richard Patrick in Fuck off. Look. Are you serious? Yes, this is a real thing. And I can't find any like anything online about it. This is just in interviews that I've heard with Dwid from Integrity, where he's like, Yeah, yeah, we started the lineup and then this guy got this offer. So we went to play with this other band whatever what band was that filter and dwid says it like it's not a thing when clearly it is a thing that filter and integrity have a shared member for like two weeks or whatever it was yeah anyone listening to last believer a podcast about good riddance that hasn't taken some time to take in integrity i think like You know, I listen to a lot of music about like the end of the world or the apocalypse or witches or demons or whatever. Like I had a pretty serious black metal phase or whatever. Nothing sounds scarier than integrity. Yeah, and integrity, as much as I think they're great, are pretty 
I don't want to say niche, but an acquired taste to some, if you're not really oh, yeah. into yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not for everyone. It's not meant to be for everyone. It is legitimately <laughs> terrifying music, you know? Um, however, the song West End Memorial, track nine from Comprehensive Guide by Good Riddance, to me, sounds a lot less like integrity and a lot more like filter. <laughs> okay. It just takes so long to come in. It's it's like, you know, the distorted and crunchy vocals. Same thing from uh, Sky is Falling, where it's like do you, these this guy with this fucking amazing, outstanding, unique voice, and they put so many filters and whatever on it. You know, the feedback swells on the guitar and the crunchy guitar chords and a, a bass that really like stands out on this song. Whatever, man. In all my years listening to Good Riddance, I can promise you that West End Memorial is the song from at least their LPs that I have listened to the least. Like even steps I wouldn't bother skipping as much as I would skip West End Memorial. Lyrically, though, it almost reads like a set of discharge lyrics. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're just we're just talking classic hardcore bands now. <laughs> Integrity, <Yeah. laughs> discharge, whatever. Um, like you know, uh, the freedom they give us, no slaughter, too sacrilegious. I, like, I imagine like a D beat under it. Like, <laughs> like, it sounds like discharge. It should have been um, a D beat song. Right? The rest of the song, you know, it's about and from the perspective of a soldier, which also is like very cool that Russ would write a song that is like, from the perspective of a soldier, it's recounting with very little detail, but a lot of passion, his feelings on being part of any kind of like army or armed forces. And what's it all really for? And I think it's cool that Good Riddance took a chance and wrote a song and recorded it and released it. Even though it sounds like West End Memorial, but I am also pretty into the idea that there is only one of these in the entire Good Riddance catalog. Yeah, I mean, listen, so far, I would say yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, we have we only have like 24 songs left or something. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yes, I, yeah. I think that I think that's fair to say that uh, we're yeah. not going to run into another one of these 24 bangers in a row. Dan, did we get any listener questions this week? <clears throat> yeah, there's actually an interesting one, which um, I actually had the same question that I was going to wait till we, we chatted. Um, but it, actually, this one came in from our pal Ryan. You know, it's sticking yeah, in my eye. Sticking in my eye. Yeah. Well, Ryan would like to know, uh, what's the deal with Josh talking to Strombo? Oh, um, the, uh, I mean, the short version of it is I went to school for radio broadcasting and uh 18 months in or two semesters, two and a half semesters in my now wife, which is hilarious ex-girlfriend at the time, friend at the time, now wife uh, <laughs> introduced me to George. She went to a university that was uh, like literally a block away from where the studio was, where he was on the radio at the time. She introduced me to him. Uh, I had some project to do in radio school. I ended up going and interviewing him. He and I really hit it off and like traded phone numbers in, this is in like the year 2000, 99, mm-hmm. 2000, something like that. And oh, he and I sorry. been in touch ever since. But before, 
<clears throat> we get too deep in there. I think the, yeah. the context for those who don't know is that you did a, recently an Instagram live with Strombo. Oh, yes. Yeah. We should so I think that. So yeah, I think that's a weird thing. So George, George, uh, very often, like not every night, but almost every night will turn on his Instagram live and sit at his piano or sit behind a drum kit or sit behind a guitar and just like hang out and talk and answer questions and talk about music usually because that's literally his whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. um, and there was one day last week where he was logged on and doing something. He started playing a Creed song and his point that he made was that like, yeah, we all made fun of Creed 20 years ago, but if you look at Instagram feeds of like, uh, you know, uh, women who are owning their body shape or dudes who are at the gym posting gym selfies. Sure. Whatever they're posting underneath it as a quote, it's basically the lyrics to a Creed song. With all and 20 years ago, And like 20 <laughs> years ago, we would have made fun of that. But now it's like two years into a pandemic, everyone is like, yo, I need to post some shit that makes me feel positive. And he started saying that and I like commented on it somehow. And he added me to his Instagram chat, mm. which is super weird. So for like 10 minutes or whatever, I was online talking with my old friend, George, not realizing there's fucking 300 people watching this thing <laughs> uh, at midnight. And it's George started talking about Creed. And then we moved into the Goo Goo Dolls. And then we nice. talked about the last time. The last time George and I were in the same room together was at the last Slayer show ever. So anyway, the thing is me being on Instagram live with George Trombolopoulos is uh, uh, from the outside, a very big, cool, crazy, important thing. But from the inside is uh, a dude that I know I don't get to hang out with very often because it's a pandemic and also he is the busiest person in Canada. Mm -hmm. So that was a very long way of saying me and an old friend had an Instagram chat and for everyone to watch, got to yeah. See it. <laughs> yeah, for everybody to watch. And we just talked about rock songs from the nineties, which honestly is all we talk about, which is that why I made amazing. a point of saying, Hey, if you're into listening to two dudes, talk about rock songs from the nineties, maybe check out last believer, a podcast about good riddance. Fuck, I want to talk about rock songs from the 90s. I know I oh. do, but I mean like Iris all came rock up. songs, yeah. Collective Soul came up. Ooh, okay. I think I think the point though that with that talk, it, this is the Cole's notes of I mean, not the Cole's notes, it's going on longer than he and I talked, but <laughs> the point is he was talking about how everyone wanted to make fun of Creed. And then when he and I started talking, it was the, the idea that Creed was presented as being like, this is the savior of rock. And a lot of that had to do with record label bullshit. And even though now you can read Creed lyrics and be like, no, I understand what he was going for. But at the time, it seemed like a lot of bullshit, mostly because it was being pushed on it. Something that I realized is that Creed had to be Creed from the jump. You know, bands like Soundgarden, bands like Nirvana, bands like Weezer, had to like do demos and work their way up and do lineup changes and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Creed were Creed from jump. Like their debut album sold fucking a hundred million copies. It's fucking insane. Like they, they were, they, they were thrust into the spotlight and they were supposed to be the saviors of rock. Also, they were way, way, way into Jesus, which I'm sure rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. 
anyway, Creed, never going to listen to him, but feel bad for how shitty everyone treated them. Do you feel the same way about Nickelback? Oh, Nickelback are a thousand times worse. No, no, but I mean in the same way that like they... Do you feel bad the way they were treated? (laughs) No, no, Nickelback sucks. Uh, Okay. Nickelback sucks. They they just suck. They suck. They're bad. It's a bad band. It's the opposite of Creed. Um, None of Nickelback is inspired. Like, here's the thing. I want to talk shit on Jesus as much as I can, but Jesus inspired Creed to write, or Scott Stapp, to write lyrics that are somehow relatable to some dude posting gym selfies. Nickelback did not write lyrics that inspired or clever. Look at this photograph. Every every time I do, it makes me laugh. Yeah, no. That's all I got. (laughs) Yeah. I like your pants around your knees. Fuck you, man. They have that in a song? Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's that's not good. No, not good. Um, Any other listener questions? No, that's good. That I think it. I know. Th- I, I think I think that's enough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, you got the hot diggity bag handy. I do. I have a uh, Philadelphia Entertainment cheesesteak who's just dying for attention right next to me. It's empty as hell, huh? That hot diggity bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's three songs in here that, <laughs> if I pull them, are. Uh, Oh, you didn't sift through them after last week. Oh, I know I didn't want any spoilers as to what would come out. I don't want to ruin the pod magic. Oh, geez. Um, what do you mean, oh, geez? Oh, geez. All right. First song, Washed Away. No, I'm just kidding. From Forgotten Country, we have Better. Okay. I've been looking forward to that one. Oh, really? Yeah. You'll understand. Oh, we got one that I'm going to be stoked to talk about, I think. We What's have that? a cover oh. from Ballads, I Stole Your Love, the Kiss okay. cover. Okay. Should I send a DM to Gene Simmons and see if he wants to be on the pod next week? Ace Freely, please. <laughs> um, and from the Kill Your Idol split, Strickland versus Washington. All right. That's a, like I said earlier in the episode, bangers. Not even earlier in the episode as much as five minutes ago. Actually, no. All bangers. Ten minutes ago. Yeah. All bangers from now on. Big tunes. Dan, if anyone wants to reach out and ask us more questions about my time working on the radio with uh, Canada's cute boyfriend, not dirtbag boyfriend, because that's Josh Donaldson, Canada's actual like full-time boyfriend, George Trombolopoulos, how do they reach out to me and do that? <laughs> Well, they could uh, jump on the old Instagram application and uh, give us a follow at Last Believer Pod and slide into those DMs. Alternatively, and if you don't use the uh, the Instagram and you prefer just to send uh, an email or what have you, lastbelieverpod at gmail.com. Dan. Yeah. Thank you. Even though I know you're uh, hopped up on goofballs, I appreciate you coming and doing this podcast right now. If anyone listening enjoys imbibing at home and enjoys being creative while imbibing at home, my wife and I run a company called Bartender Atlas. You may have heard me talk about it on the podcast before. And right now we are doing a thing where we partnered with Campari Group Canada to make 
143 cocktails by 143 Canadian bartenders. These recipes are for sale on our website, bartenderatlas.com. If you go there, you can buy a book of cocktails. Not all of them are easy. Not all of them are hard. Some of them are very much rum, apple juice, ginger beer, rosemary. And some of them go way deeper than that. You need legit bar tools to do it. However, all of the money that you spend will be going into people like me who are out of work or dealing with capacity issues or dealing with uh, you know, restricted hours across Canada. I know we have a lot of American listeners and I don't expect you guys to get in on this. However, if you do, sick. Um, but check out bartenderatlas.com, look at Campari Stir Crazy and support Canadian bartenders who it doesn't even have to do with the pandemic anymore. It's just government mismanagement. Please go check that out. Dan, mm. again, thank you in pain for coming to do this. Uh, thank everyone who's listening for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about better. We're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about I Stole Your Love, which is a kiss cover. It's, Fucking so good. I'm, I'm so pumped. Uh, and we're going to talk about Strickland versus Washington. Thanks to Good Riddance for letting us keep doing this. Thanks to Fat Records for letting us keep doing this. And uh, we'll talk next week. And on the behalf of me and Philly Cheesesteak. Oh, I thought he was going to meow. Yup. Yep. <laughs>